What's up? Wow. This is cool. This is cool. I'm excited. I'm excited tonight to be able to, to get to talk with y'all. Um, I remember being like middle school to high school and then volunteer. And I knew that I always wanted to be Danny's intern. Um, and he told me like, okay, my, my freshman year came around. And I was like, Danny, let's do it. We're, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm ready to be your intern. I'm ready to just start serving. He's like, chill out. Let's wait a year. We'll see. And we'll probably, it'll probably be about your junior year or so. And so that's, that's what happened. I had to wait. And now I'm here. And it feels, it feels awesome. Um, I'm super excited to just be able to, to just open up the word with y'all um, and be able to talk to y'all um, specifically about Isaiah tonight. So for the past few, I guess, months, I think this is our third semester of Thread. So our, for the past few semesters, we've been doing Thread, which is essentially just looking at how God had an ultimate plan for Jesus always. Um, some of my boys know that we've talked about this before, even in Genesis. Like at the very beginning, God talks about Jesus. And that's not something that we really think about all the time. That's something like we kind of imagine that Jesus was like an afterthought. That's like, okay, humans messed up, and God's got to spend these thousands of years coming up with an idea to fix humanity. And then here comes Jesus, boom, we got that taken care of, let's move on from here. But that's not the case. We've seen that all throughout Scripture, Jesus is threaded through. Um, and tonight, I wanted to talk to y'all about another part of Scripture that we get to really see the Lord's heart, who God is, um, who his son is, his purpose for us. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, it's kind of hard to stomach. It's kind of hard to, um, to wrap our heads around. I mean, it always is whenever we deal with an infinite God. It, it's always hard when we have to talk about Christ's love because it's something that we just cannot fully grasp. Um, specifically, what I was told to talk about. And so I can't get in trouble right now while I'm on stage because Danny's down there. Specifically, what I was told to talk about was prophecy in Isaiah. So how many of, in, how many of y'all in here know that Jesus was prophesied before Jesus came? Raise your hand. Sweet. Okay. Check that off. We're not going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about something more important. Um, and I'm not saying that's not important. That really is important. Um, but that's not the root. Isaiah was not written to just show that Christianity is the true religion. Isaiah wasn't just written to prove that um, this is why we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Really, Isaiah was written to the Jewish people. It was a story of hope. It was a story of what the Lord was going to do with them. And so, that's good and all. Right now, I don't think that's what we need to hear. Right now, what I think we need to hear is who the Lord really is, who Christ really is, why he actually came to the cross, why the Father sent his son to die, 
those are hard things to, to stomach. Um, more specifically, I am going to be addressing the sheep in the room tonight. Um, there's goats in here. If you don't know what that means, Jesus talks about in Matthew, um, and I'm sorry if this offends some of y'all. Jesus talks about in Matthew that in the end times, he will separate the sheep from the goats. The sheep will come to his right hand, and they will be blessed. They get to spend eternity with him. The goats, not the same outcome. We've spent too much time um, trying to get the goats to understand who Jesus is. It's not going to be by the words that I say. It's not going to be by the words that Danny says. It's not going to be by the words that Jamal says or anybody else. It's going to be by the work of the Lord. Our jobs are to reach out to the sheep. So there's sheeps in here that we're speaking to you tonight. I'm going to speak directly to you, and I want you to receive what I have. Receive what the Lord has given me to give to you. The Lord wants to, to wrap you up. The Lord wants to show you affection. The Lord wants to encourage you. The Lord may want to correct some of y'all. The Lord may want to do away with some bad ideas of who he is, or the Lord may want to affirm some good ideas of who he is. Um, but goats, this is not directed towards you. I pray that the Lord um, will move in your hearts tonight, um, but know that I'm speaking directly to, to the sheep. So we know that Jesus, I've talked about already, that Jesus was threaded throughout the whole Bible. The gospel is from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's a whole story. The gospel is the story. The gospel isn't just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel is the story. And it was God's will for Christ to die. The Lord ordained this. The Lord wasn't just saying, I've got to fix what the humans broke, and so I guess I'm just gonna have to kill my son. No, the Lord's will was for Christ to die. And again, we see that all throughout Scripture, a promise of a Savior. We see it in Genesis. We see it um, in these prophecies. We see it with John the Baptist leading the way. We see it when Christ actually gets here, that this was the Lord's will all along, that this is what the Lord had ordained. God is in the business of redeeming his people. It's the Lord's will for his people to come back to him. It's the Lord's will for him to have a relationship with his people. And there's no way that he can have a relationship with his people when they're cut off by sin. There's no way for Christ, or there's no way for God to have community with his people when we're unrighteous and he's righteous. It just can't happen. So it's the Lord's will to redeem us so that we become righteous so we can have community with him. Along with that, it is also Jesus' will to die for you. That's something that we don't always think about. But Jesus wanted to die for you. Jesus was completely obedient in dying for you. 
So if you have your Bible, open up to Isaiah 53. Uh, that's kind of where we'll be tonight. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Briefly, Isaiah, there's a couple of passages in Isaiah that are called the servant songs. These are prophecies that are specifically about the Lord's servant, um, and the Lord's servant is Jesus. And so God revealed these things to Isaiah, um, and so Isaiah could give to the Jewish people of hopes of saying, look, one day I'm going to send somebody that's going to be the best servant, the one that's going to take all the sins of the world, all the sins are going to be placed on him, and everything's going to be made new. There's other prophecies in Isaiah that talk about um, Israel um, overthrowing government, if the vindication of Israel, um, and then there's other prophecies that talk about creation being restored. And this, this was kind of cool that there's prophecy in here that talks about like lions grazing in pastures with oxen. And it's like the lions are going to eat the grass because that's what it, it, what it was originally designed to be. And that the children are going to play next to the viper's pit because they're going to be safe. The viper's not going to bite the children. It's pretty cool. But tonight, specifically, we're going to be talking about um, a passage called The Suffering Servant. And it essentially just lays out the work that Christ did on the cross, why he came, why the Lord sent him, all of that. So I'm not going to read all the way through this, but I want to show you um, that this is Jesus' will to be the servant. This is Jesus' desire to be the servant of God. It's his desire to die on the cross for us. We see it in part of this passage right before Jesus is taken to his death. And we know this now because we have the Gospels and we can go back and read the Gospels and say, oh yeah, like this is talking about it because this happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It happened here. And even though this was 700 years before, we can validate that. It says that Jesus was silent. Jesus was completely innocent, has done no wrong. And people are accusing him People are spitting in his face. People are saying he did things that he didn't do. He's being placed among murderers, thieves, and he's silent. It says, like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, he did not open his mouth. Jesus didn't open his mouth because he didn't have an argument. He had no argument. Jesus knew that he needed to be there. Jesus knew that that was the position that the Lord called him to go. That was the position that Jesus wanted to be in. There was no argument. There was no getting out of it because that's where he wanted to be. That's where he desired. You also see in verse 11, it says, as a result of the anguish of his soul, this is after he had been put to death, he will see it and be satisfied. So Jesus was satisfied in the work that he did on the cross, again, because he wanted to be there. Oh, does that make sense? Like, I just want to, I want to get that out here first, that God wanted to send Jesus, and Jesus wanted to die. That was their will. 
we get to this verse in 10 that is probably one of the hardest to stomach. And it says, but the Lord was pleased to crush him, to put him to grief. There's a difference with being okay with something and finding delight and pleasure in something. And this is saying that God found delight in seeing his son dead. That's heavy. That is really heavy. I don't have a kid, but I can imagine what that would feel like to see your son or your daughter die. There's plenty of evidence throughout the scripture that David lost his son. Um, Plenty of people have lost their son throughout scripture and you see them weep and weep. And that's the appropriate response. That's like what you would imagine. You would imagine somebody to weep and mourn. If they could do anything, it would be for their son not to die. But here we see that the Lord was pleased. God was pleased to see his son die. That's something that, again, is, that's hard to wrap our minds around. Um, It's something that takes a whole probably a whole lifetime for us to be able to understand what pleases the Lord. And I'm not even going to begin to try to explain that because I barely barely understand it myself. But what I know is that God is perfect and God does everything for his pleasure. God acts to please himself. That sounds selfish. It does. It sounds like, oh, God is... Just this man that wants everything for him. Yeah, he is. God's this man that wants all the worship and praise. Yes, he is. But that's only because he's perfect. That's only because he created everything. That's only because he is God. Everybody that's been to reach know that we have said this over and over. And it's so simple, but it's so true. That God can be God because he is God. That's it. That God can be God because he is God, and there's no arguing with it. There's no way around it. So everything that the Lord does is for his pleasure. It's for his glory. It's for his exaltation, however you want to describe it. Everything was created to serve the Lord, to glorify the Lord, because he's the creator. The Lord is not to serve other people. God is not to serve other people because we're to serve him because he created us. He created everything. Why would he serve something? That's a beautiful thing that we see throughout here, that we have a God that's a servant. We know throughout scripture that God does not delight in death. That's what it kind of seems like reading this this passage right here where it says that he delights in his son being put to grief, but he doesn't. 
You don't have to turn here, but in Micah, it says he does not retain his anger forever because he delights in unchanging love. In Ezekiel, it says, as I live, I take no delight in the death of the wicked, but rather the wicked turn from his way and live. So the Lord does not delight in death. The Lord delights in mercy. The Lord delights in being able to show mercy um, to his people. But again, he says he was pleased in the death of his son. So at this point, it becomes easy to to picture this scene of God as this judge that demands punishment. Says there's no way around this. You need to be punished. And you have Jesus as this really good lawyer on your side fighting for you, trying to get you out of trouble, trying to minimize the punishment as much as possible. And it's really easy to start thinking that, oh, it's us and Jesus and we've got to get around God. We've got to get around the wrath of God. And Jesus is there to fight for us. That is one of the greatest ways that the enemy can skew the gospel. For you to think that, oh my goodness, God is always mad at me. And I have to rely on Jesus to plead my case. That you have to get around God and use Jesus as this way to to get to glory without ever interacting with God because he's always mad at me. He's always angry. He's always ticked off. That's not the gospel. That is not the gospel right there. But it starts to become interesting when we realize the role that Jesus does for us. The scripture says that Jesus intercedes on our behalf. So it kind of does look like this scene where Jesus is a lawyer fighting on our case and God's this judge that we're fighting against. But this is the part where it gets beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Jesus intercedes on our behalf because it allows God to show mercy. God's heart is that the wrath of God be removed. The judge's heart is that he may find a just way to let his heart of mercy flow. God wants to show mercy. God wants to show love. That's what pleases the Lord. The only way that that can happen is if Jesus intercedes on our behalf. That's why he delights in crushing his son. Because he knows if my son goes to the grave bearing all the sins of the world, bearing all the sins of these people, if he goes to the grave, then I get to show mercy to these people. He gets to stand on behalf 
of them. He gets to stand and take my wrath. He gets to stand and take the punishment in their place because he died and bore all their sins. Excuse me. You get dry mouth up here. That's the beauty of it. That's why the Lord found pleasure in crushing his son. The Lord found pleasure in crushing his son because he knew that he gets to show you mercy if he does that. If he crushes his son, that his wrath does not pour out upon you. And I'm speaking specifically to the sheep right now. If you have trusted wholeheartedly in the Lord, if you submit to him as king, the Lord's arms are open, and he gets to show you mercy. I want y'all to see that. I want y'all to imagine that. Imagine, imagine that scene where I said that God was the judge and Jesus is the lawyer. That's wrong. That's wrong. Do you see how that can be wrong? That God's standing there still accusing that person, accusing them of their sins, of the things that they have done wrong, the way they've fallen short, the way they've become a disappointment. God's standing there accusing that person and Jesus is saying, hold up, hold up. Look, it's not that bad. Remember, I, I took this sin, I took this sin, I bore that one, so you can't throw that one out there. Don't, don't, don't accuse them of that one. Or don't accuse them of that one because I took that sin as well. That's a wrong picture of the relationship that we have with Jesus and the Father. The right picture is we have Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus gladly looks to the Lord and he says, look at these scars. These scars that I bore mean that we get to show mercy. That we love these people, that the debt has been paid. That there's no wrath for these people. The Lord delights in his scars because he knows that that's what saves you. Because of his scars, he gets to throw his blood on us and cleanse us. And that sounds gruesome, but that is beautiful. That we were all headed straight to death because of our sins, because of our transgressions. But Jesus delights in taking his blood and cleansing us. The Father delights in his Son doing that. So that's good and all. That's good. They're like, okay, God's not this angry judge, and Jesus isn't this swift, sly lawyer. That's good. We can, we can see that Jesus delights in his, in his scars. We see that Jesus delights on the work in the cross, that the Father was pleased to crush his son because he gets to show mercy. But another lie that the enemy will use to undermine the beauty of this story is to make it seem like it was a burden on the father or it was a burden on the son to go and do this work. 
remember, this is the Lord's will. This is what the Lord wanted to do for us. When I was thinking about that last night and planning all of this, I couldn't help but think about whenever I was a kid and um, my dad would come in on a Saturday morning and wake me up at like eight, and Chaney can attest to this, that he would wake me up at go and mow the yard. And we don't have the biggest yard, but we've got a big yard. And it would take good three hours to mow the whole thing, weedy the whole thing. And it sucked. That is not the way I wanted to spend my Saturday. My father coming in there, waking me up, saying, get out of bed, go and do this. And I didn't do it with a good attitude. I had a terrible attitude when I did it. And then my father, on the other hand, my dad, he, he can say all he wants. He was instilling a good work ethic or good character. He can say that all he wants, but I know that he delighted in not having to go and do that work. I know that because when I have a son, I'm going to delight in not having to do that work. And Danny can attest to that. I fully believe that our fathers, our parents, love to give chores to us because they have to do less work. Don't go home and tell them I said that. But I believe that because when I'm a parent, I'm going to delight in that. The difference is this is not the picture of the gospel. Jesus did not look at the Father and be like, why, why are you making me do this? I mean, of course, Jesus is going to go and do it because he's got to obey the Father, but why, why are you making me go and do this? I don't want to do this. Why can't I just chill up here in my glorified body? Why do I have to go and take one of their human bodies? Why do I have to go and chill with the humans, these worthless, useless people? I don't want to do that. And the father's sitting there with his arms crossed saying, because I told you so, you got to go and do it. That's not the picture of the gospel. Jesus delighted and headed to the cross. The father delighted in seeing his son on that cross. They were happy to do that work. They were happy to serve. Christ was happy to serve us. I want y'all to see that. As Jesus is walking to the cross, he's saying to the Father, Father, in a couple of hours, we get to show mercy to these people. In just a few short hours, all of this is going to be fixed. How crazy is that? How awesome is that? That I get to intercede on these people, on these people's behalves in just a couple of hours because I'm taking their sins. Because I'm taking all of it. All of it's getting thrown on me. I delight in that. I delight in that because you get to show mercy to these people. These people won't experience death because of the work that I'm doing on the cross. And the Father says, I delight in you going and doing that because I get to show mercy to these people because you do that. My wrath is withheld because you go and do that. These are people that trust in the Lord. These are people that love the Lord. This doesn't pertain to the goats. Okay, that's hard. That's hard to say. 
Again, it's my prayer that the Lord will open y'all's heart to that. That you will see the saving grace that comes when you trust in Christ. That you'll get to see the beauty of the gospel. I don't think I fully understood I still don't think I do. I don't think I started to begin to think about these ideas until just last night. Like this is something that is brand new to me to realize like, oh, the, it's not me and Jesus and we gotta walk on our toes so we don't piss the Father off. I remember when, again, sorry, I just feel like I'm dogging on my dad. But like, my dad would come home from school and he would go and take a nap. And then me and my sisters would argue, who's gonna go wake up dad? Because we don't wanna make him mad. We don't wanna, my dad's not very pretty whenever he's mad. Um, But that's not the gospel. That's not, okay, I'm I'm gonna come walk with you, Jesus, and you, you go and lead the way just in case the father wakes up and he gets mad. And you can step on, and you can step in and you can say, Father, Father, don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them. It's me. It's me. Remember, you, do, you put it all on me. Don't, don't be mad. That's not the gospel. That is not the way the Lord intended our relationship to be. God wants this more than anything. God wants his people to be redeemed more than anything. God wants you to experience life more than anything. So much so that he delighted in killing his own son. That Jesus will bear those scars forever as proof of the power of the cross to save you. Like, God God delights in that. And Jesus delights in that. Jesus wears those proudly. Jesus embraces that because he knows that intercession, that Jesus interceding on our behalf, Jesus dying on the cross, Jesus being the substitute, Jesus bearing all of our sins, whatever you want to say, that that is the way that the Lord shows mercy. That is the way that the Lord shows love to us. Without that, we were all headed straight for death. Without the blood covering us, we're gonna be separated. You're gonna be separated from the Father. And it hurts to even say that. It hurts to even think that there could be some people in here that aren't experiencing life. That just want to essentially spit in the Father's face, spit in the Son's face and say, what you did was not good enough. Or yeah, I'm just going to say, I believe in you just to make sure my sins are forgiven so I can go to heaven. What makes you think you deserve heaven? What makes us think any of us deserve 
to spend eternity with the Lord. That's only through the work of Christ. And it's sad. And it's sad that we go, all of us, all of us go throughout our days forgetting the longing heart of God, forgetting the longing heart of Christ to have a relationship with us, to be in community with us. And for us to take the work of the cross and make it anything else is disgraceful because it is perfect, because it is beautiful, because it is what the Lord designed, because it was the Lord's will. To take that and say anything else about it is wrong. Jesus' heart is to save us. Jesus' heart is to stand on our behalf gladly delightfully stand on our behalf and say yeah this person sinned they did those things but that's not on them I bore that I delightfully bore their sins so that they can have life and the father says I am more than okay with that. I am more than okay with you taking their sins. Because their payment was not good enough. Their payment was never going to be good enough. The only way was through you, my son. So I delight in that. I delight that we get to spend eternity in communion together that I get a relationship with my people because of the work that you did on the cross. There's some people in here that I know struggle with guilt, struggle with shame, of things that have happened in their life, things that are currently going on. Christ did not die on the cross for you to bear that guilt and shame. That's saying that the cross is not good enough. That's saying that Jesus' scars are not good enough. That his blood is not good enough. If you trust in the Lord, if you profess him as king, as your savior, let him take those burdens. He delightfully takes our burdens. He delightfully takes our transgressions, our sins. He wants those because he knows what happens when he takes those. I feel like I've said that probably a hundred times tonight, but that's it. Jesus wants to take your sins. 
Jesus wants to take your transgressions. He wants to take the hurt. He wants to take the pain. He wants to take the way that you have fallen short in the eyes of the Lord. Take it to the Lord and say, forget these things, look at my hands. Forget these things, look at my blood. This person is a child of God. There's some people in here that don't feel like they are worthy of Christ's love, worthy of the Father's love. In all actuality, none of us are worthy of it. None of us have done anything to deserve this. And again, that's the beauty of it. That an almighty, all-powerful, all-creating God is willing to serve us, is willing to die for us. You're not worthy of that. You're not deserving of that. But Christ freely gives it to you and pleads. He wants you to have that. He wants you to experience that life. If y'all don't take anything away from tonight, and just listen to this one thing, that Jesus delights in interceding on our behalf. Interceding means standing before the Lord, before the Father, saying, these scars, these scars mean that person's clean. Jesus loves that. Jesus loves being able to do that for you. He loves that because the Father, God, delights in showing mercy. That's what brings God joy, is being able to show mercy. And he can't show mercy when there is a certificate of debt. There must be justice in those times. God can't show mercy when there are sins against him, unpaid for. The only way God can show mercy is when those sins are paid for in full and forgotten. And that's what Christ does. That's what Christ does. As he brings the payment and says, it's done. It's done. This person is a child. This person gets to walk in freedom now. This person gets to experience life because of the work that I did on the cross. I, mean, I don't really have much else to say about that. That is something that even I, like, every day forget. I find myself still slipping into the mindset that God is mad at me, that Jesus calms God down, or that neither one of them really wanted to die for me, but they knew that they had to. 
Those are all lies. Those are all lies that the enemy will use to keep you from loving Jesus, to keep you from seeing the beauty of the gospel.